On today's show, we've been waiting for it, and Bucks head coach Adrian Griffin has now hinted or just straight up said we're going to get the first appearance from Damian Lillard and Giannis as teammates on Sunday night against the Lakers. How excited are we for that matchup? We're also going to talk about the idea of the leash for young players. How much room is there for development on this squad this year? And then the NBA GM survey, there were some fascinating answers in that. It's always a good talking point from NBA.com. We're going to break it down. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. See and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN and alongside me, a man who's been shaking the rust off the last few nights in the preseason for the Bucks Radio Network. It is Justin Garcia for today's show that's brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Uh, as always, we start by thanking everyone for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen Monday to Friday. Regular season, not too far away, but we might also be getting to the interesting time in the preseason. Some stars that we want to see on the floor starting from this Sunday night. So we're going to get to that, but we appreciate the support if you haven't done so yet. Uh, on the verge of a pretty exciting season for Bucks basketball. So uh, subscribe, follow. Turn the notifications on and get involved in the chat, particularly on the YouTube channel, by dropping a comment and a like. We appreciate it. Uh, it's free to do, and it really helps the show continue to grow. Adrian Griffin, Justin, was on NBA Today along with John Horst and Malika Andrews uh, controlling that conversation there as the host. And uh, look, I wasn't sure this early in the piece that we would get confirmation like this about Giannis and Dame on Sunday night against the Lakers, 6 p.m. Central time. But it, it is exciting to hear that certainly for now and plans can change and let's just cross our fingers that they don't change. But Dame and Giannis in LA against the Lakers, maybe LeBron, maybe AD, we'll see if they're out on the floor. Uh, this would have significantly higher buzz than your stock standard preseason encounter. Yeah, I think we all kind of assumed this would be the uh, debut. I wondered if we would see them um, that first game just because it was a home game yep. and it was a unique tip time at, at noon and you're bringing the fans out there. They're like, maybe we'll see these guys. None of us thought we'd see Chris and we didn't, but um, yeah, I, I didn't anticipate seeing any of these guys against the Grizzlies. And I think we all kind of assumed it's a national game. It's in Los Angeles. <laughs> it makes a whole lot of sense for, uh, especially ESPN to say, Hey, you are going to have Damian Lillard debut on that night. Right. So, uh, yeah, I think it was, it was certainly not, uh, unexpected to hear that confirmation from Griff and, and John Horst that uh, we will finally get to see Damian Lillard in a Bucks jersey. And they're already in LA uh, quite clearly and they've sort of advertised that fact they're going to spend some time over there and not really another little mini 
training camp. It's, ba- yeah, it's basically, from. yeah, like a training camp. Like I've, I've heard a few make the comment that, you know, the Bucks are one of the few teams now that doesn't leave their home city mm. for training camp, and they're kind of using this as that. Well, Tuesday night preseason game against the Grizzlies right through to Sunday night, and I think I checked this up, and I don't normally check the Packers' schedule, but I think the Packers' game in the afternoon, I think they're playing Denver. I think that should lead no, there's a comfortably. Buy. Oh, look at that. So that's why yeah, I Denver's don't check next the week. Too so. often. Well, that's even more perfect. So Sunday uh, afternoon, you'll be able to get yourself set for uh, Bucks basketball. I think Frank brought up the point uh, yesterday that you know, maybe with these three preseason games now, a couple of days in between Oklahoma City Thunder, a couple of nights after that, and then one last home game against Memphis, which is the last hit out before opening night. Would you anticipate they are both assuming everything goes well, that they're going to play in these three games leading into opening night now? Um, No. I think we'll probably see them, I would guess, a Lakers game and then that final home game uh, on, what is it, Friday the 20th? I Like, I, I think the plan from the sounds of it is is basically half of the games that you would play in, and we're seeing a lot of teams kind of implement that. So I would Yes, if you do see them, it's going to be very, very limited. But if if I had to pick, I would assume it would be we'll obviously see them against the Lakers and then off against the Thunder and, and play somewhat in that final home preseason game. Do you feel like you need to see Chris Middleton in this preseason? Because I don't think it should matter that much. That's my personal feeling on this. What are you going to gain uh, if you have this plan that clearly they've had, we know now he's been practicing five on five. We know Chris Milton has said that he's feeling great and pain free. Uh, is there any need, I guess, for Bucks fans to see him on the court before opening night? Keeping in mind that the last preseason game is on the 20, uh, 20th. 20th, yeah. Uh, and then opening night is on the 26th. So if he doesn't play in those preseason games, uh, he's still got another two weeks from now uh, before that opening night game against the Sixers. I would like to see him for some minutes just to knock the rust off, if if nothing yep. else. I mean, I know he has been practicing, and they've gone through practices and and five on fives and and things of that nature. But it would be nice. I'd I'd like to see some game time minutes for him. But you know, do I have to? No. And at the risk of uh, sounding like uh, I'm just a shill for the franchise, I think the the interesting thing is is this. I get some of the concern that fans will have after last season and everything that Chris had gone through with the injuries to now all of a sudden here we come that the preseason opens and it's not so fast. Chris is not going to be playing in these games just yet, but I think why I'm not overly concerned at least yet is it would be different if they didn't make the Damian Lillard trade. And if you were running things back, there's a lot more importance on Chris Middleton. If that's the case that um, drew holiday is a terrific two-way player. He is not the offensive player that Damian Lillard is. And, you know, you can make the case of with no drew, you're going to need the defense of Chris even more, or at least hold up on the perimeter. So that part is important and sure. But to me, the Damian Lillard, trade just changed things drastically where I think it allows you to take even more time with Chris if need be because 
of what Damian Lillard is going to bring offensively, not just with his scoring, but what he's going to create for his teammates. And, you know, Chris is very clearly going to be the tertiary guy, the third scorer, and some nights fourth scorer with that in place. So uh, to me, that trade kind of changed things and, and allowed you a little more time to take it easy with it. Uh, Damian Lillard in an article today released by our good friend Eric Name over at The Athletic spoke about the idea that in his mind, he hasn't played with guys, obviously Giannis, but now he's got another scorer on the wing like Chris Milton. And he spoke about the idea of being a playmaker for this team. And in his words, he says, I don't need to be a scorer. I'm naturally a playmaker. He's impressed by the idea that Giannis has said, I'm happy to set screens for Damian Lillard. I think that this is going to function well in the half-court offense. But he also spoke about, at times, uh, Chris Milton is going to need to have the ball in his hands. and He's going to get his shots off. So I know we haven't seen it. And it's October. June is eight months away, which is obviously the goal for this team. But certainly the idea of Dame not feeling like he has to be this 35-point-per-game scorer can complement Giannis, can complement Chris. I think it might take some time for these three to figure it out. They've spoken about the chemistry. But the idea of those three on the floor, before you even get to Malik Beasley as an open shooter and quite clearly Brooke Lopez as a guy that can really score from anywhere, uh, those three in general and the way they're talking, it couldn't, at least publicly, sound any better if you're a Bucks fan. I mean, it's going to take time for the chemistry uh, overall for all of these pieces, and especially for those the three of those guys to to really meld together, especially when you factor in a lot of that two-man game in the past that we had seen between Giannis and Chris. That's, that's going to go to Dame now, and it's going to be Dame figuring out how do I incorporate Chris into this as well. But a bulk of it is going to be Dame and Giannis. Uh, but I would assume for the Dame and Giannis partnership, that is going to take even less time for that chemistry to develop. So I, I think that's going to be a, we've already heard them kind of uh, make passing references to it, but just the like, holy cow, I didn't realize how easy yes. he was going to make things for me and, and vice versa. So I think between the two of them, that's going to be a, a relatively quick fix, but it, it is a lot of change. And um I thought it was interesting too that we were talking about this on the post game after uh, last night's game against the Grizzlies. John Horst had um, told a handful of of people with the team, and, and Dave Kane included, he was the one that that brought this up. That this past off season, this was the most change he had ever been through in any organization that he was with, top to bottom. And you think about, I mean, John Horst wasn't the general manager. But John Horst was still around when the Bucks made the change and brought in Jason Kidd. John Horst had been through the, the change when it went from Jason Kidd to Bud. Uh, the year that they won the title, I know we talked about it quite a bit. Of the 14 players on the roster, seven of them were new. So this team has been through change in the last seven years. But for John Horst to say not just Bucks, but even his time with the Pistons, top to bottom, this is the most change that we have that I have experienced with any organization in basketball kind of uh, had me taken aback for a second. Let us know in the YouTube comments, what are you most excited to see in what might be limited minutes, but the first time, uh, at least as far as we know right now, uh, we're going to see Giannis and Dame in a Bucks uniform on the court against the Lakers on Sunday night. Uh, but next, it's perfect that you mentioned all the change on this roster because I think what we have seen over the offseason from the draft and some of the moves that have been made and signings, there's a lot more youth 
on this team, certainly to what we've been expected. But what is realistic for these young players to actually crack the rotation? I want to explore that idea next after we talk about FanDuel Sportsbook, our sponsor of today's show. And right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over and unders, and much more there at FanDuel.com. And if you're interested in the NBA odds, uh, we've discussed this a little bit, but the Celtics and Bucks both plus 380 as the favorites to win the NBA title. And as far as regular season MVP, Giannis, pretty juicy. Third favorite there. I wonder whether Damian Lillard on the roster is now stretching out those odds a little bit. I'm not sure that's the way it should technically work, but Nikola Jokic at plus 430, the favorite. Luka Doncic, I think he's been one of the favorites the last few years. He's at plus 550. Uh, Then you have Giannis there at at plus 600 as the third favorite. So all you have to do is head to fanduel.com slash locked on and you can kick off the NFL and NBA season. But that is FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Coming up for the rest of the week on Locked On Bucks and leading into next week, more Dame and Giannis chat, no question. Might talk a little preview of the Lakers and the Bucks as well. And then you know on Monday uh, when you wake up or if you stay up late on Sunday night, you'll have a post-game show reacting to everything we see from Bucks and Lakers. Uh, might be the most excited Bucks fans have been to see a preseason game in recent memory, I would have to assume. So hopefully uh, it's a fun night for Bucks fans. What we have seen... Over the first two games of preseason, though, is plenty of young players on the roster. And we've broken down what we've seen from Andre Jackson Jr. I think he's been incredibly impressive in the small sample we've seen because what you're trying to do is project, okay, what have they done in these games that would make sense alongside the stars? Because ultimately, that's the question you have to answer. And one of the conversations I see a lot in the YouTube comments is, well, you've just got to play Marjan. You just have to play him. You have to start him. You just have to give him minutes. Bud never did this. Now he's gone. All these young players are going to play. And I kind of just look at the rotation and I say, well, I don't think it can possibly work like that when you have so many legitimately productive veterans. And there's some questions on some of those guys. But I don't see that there's going to be free reign for developmental minutes. We discussed the idea that potentially Marjan Beauchamp and Andre Jackson Jr. could be battling each other for minutes. I think there's going to be opportunities for both early in the season in particular. Players will rest during the season. So I think we'll, we'll see both of those guys play. But I'm also not in the camp fully myself that you just got to hand these guys minutes. I don't think that's the way it works. And generally, I trust what the coaches are seeing day in, day out that, that we don't see. I, I just don't think uh, if the consistency is not there, if they're not playing winning basketball, if there's not development there, I don't think the leash extends right throughout the season and you just hope for the best. No, I would agree. And, you know, that last point too of we don't see what the coaches see. We obviously don't see a practice and the walkthroughs and film study, you know, what goes on there. So you're always going to be wrong about something. And, you know, we talked about this quite a bit leading up to the preseason. I think we all kind of assumed that this was a really prime opportunity for Marjan Bochamp and not to say that it's not, but the big surprise to me thus far through camp and, uh, the first two preseason games was 
hearing how Adrian Griffin spoke about Malik Beasley, especially after the first game. And I know you and Frank talked about it uh, on that post game show too, but if he's taking on the, the toughest wing and perimeter assignments as, as he was told he will, that kind of checks out to a starter. And uh, even you go back to media day when he kind of joked to a few of us, like, man, I've never seen so many open shots in my life as, is when I've been on the floor with Giannis and, and Dame in, in some of our practices. And that's another thing that it, it was almost, you know, like the usual suspects when you look back and think, wait a minute, he said that too. So I guess we should have thought, well, if you're not starting, how many minutes would you, would you have even in these practices with those two? Um, so I don't think I, that's a discouraging sign for Marjan, but, you know, growth is not linear. And I, I think we've, We've seen the pattern with Marjan that you see these flashes and you see these these nice moments where you you do see some of that growth. But the big thing for him, especially this year, is going to be capitalizing on that growth and maintaining that growth. You'll hear football coaches usually use the the phrase of stack successes. I think that's how Marjan needs to approach this year is now that you've brought in more of this young talent that we've talked about, it's not like Marjan's just the only guy that, that you're looking at in terms of young guys and developing. And, you know, you mentioned Andre Jackson. I agree that those two are going to be possibly vying over the same minutes. Andre Jackson, I'm not saying he's a like for like, but there's a lot to Andre Jackson that kind of reminds you of Malcolm Brogdon. That, you know, he, he had a long collegiate career. He played for one of the better college teams, played in big tournament games in an, in an NCAA championship game. And a second rounder pick was Malcolm Brogdon, late first rounder for Andre Jackson. But they both had these, I guess you would say, red flags for for Malcolm. It was clearly the health issues. And for Andre Jackson, it's the shooting. That is, if it weren't for that one thing, from what we've seen, you kind of get the feeling this guy would have been a lot higher in the draft just with his, his court vision, his passing ability, his playmaking ability, and the size and what we seen so far the defensive ability so when you see that I just feel like if it's a competition between Andre Jackson and Marjan Bochamp you're gonna see probably more flashes from Marjan but the thing that Andre Jackson has kind of showed me already that you know coaches love is all those things we talked about with his background and his pedigree he's a smart guy too. And he doesn't make mistakes and has been in those moments. Obviously rookies are going to make mistakes going from college to the pros, but it, it seems like the, there's going to be fewer with Andre Jackson just because of the experience he has collegiately. And that's something that coaches love and will cling to. So I'm not even leaning, you know, against any of these guys. Like I, I'm not going to get put off because I, I don't think it was the best game for Bo champion game two of the preseason, because I don't even think he was playing a role that's going to, be asked of him in the NBA. So well, I'm, and, I'm not... and real quick too. I mean, it's it the the broader conversation too is. I mean, Billy Donovan told us before Game One, and I'm sure he's not the only one that feels this way. I don't take anything away from preseason games. Like we have what we want to install and we want to work on. That's it. And you know the JJ Redick story too of my rookie year. I've I'm defending Joe Johnson and I'm working hard trying to shut him down. And during a timeout, he tells me, "Cool it. I'm just trying to run up and down the floor." So there's that. And also the lineups and the combinations we've seen. I mean, this isn't what Marjan would be on the floor with, that you would think at least one of the Giannis and Chris and Dame 
you're going to get some reps with them too. So that's another thing that just kind of compounds it of, I don't have any massive takeaways, you know, for bad that, that what we're seeing so far, just because of the unique circumstances. So, yeah. So, so to, con- to continue that thought is just that the, the question I have, and, and I love the debate and we have this debate all the time in the YouTube comments about like, you just got to play Marjon. There's frustration. He didn't play more last year. I, I don't really sit in that camp because I say, well, well, what are you basing that on? Are you basing it on the idea of him being a, a guy that can be a player a, above, you know, a role player? Because I, I think now what we what we've seen, and this is based on last year and projecting through summer league, and now projecting into preseason, there will be rookies that might come in, and maybe it is someone like Andre Jackson Jr. that has had the development for multiple years in college at a high level college that won a title, so we're playing in big games. And maybe someone like Andre Jackson Jr. is just more ready. And so if you're the Bucks and you've got the minutes for one young guy, you're probably going to lean to the guy that looks like he's more ready and isn't going to have the teething problems that are there. So I don't know. I guess the question for uh, that I have for Bucks fans watching this show today is where do you sit with uh, both of those guys? I think they'll both get opportunities to be clear early in the season. But are you willing to just say, I don't really care what mistakes are there. It doesn't bother me. Bojan just has to play. What are you basing it off what you've seen, I guess, would be the question for me. Because I agree, we see the flashes. I thought he's been decent defensively, which is going to be a big part of the reason why he could potentially play for this team. But I think it's going to be fascinating how uh, Adrian Griffin and the coaching staff manages uh, these young guys on the roster. Because I don't think it's going to be easy to get minutes, even if that annoys uh, some Bucks fans as the Bucks try and figure it out with all the new pieces that they have. It's not like previous years where they're just like, can we fit a young guy in? It's like, no, no, we need to figure out how the veterans play with each other uh, on the floor in those uh, lineups as well that, that might be mixed and matched. So plenty of questions for the Bucks coaching staff. Let us know what you think. Let's get to the NBA GM survey next. Got some questions for you, Justin, around the Bucks defense. The NBA GM survey on NBA.com. Uh, I think it's John Schumann who uh, takes care of this uh, fine business every year. And it's always fascinating whether or not you get annoyed by it every single year or whether you take it that seriously. We all read it and we all find it very interesting to see the answers, particularly the year-by-year stuff. So I've got one in particular I want to bring up. Uh, we can tie this into you know, individual defenders by position. Giannis was overwhelmingly the... Uh, best defender overall in the league, which I thought was fascinating. Uh, but Drew Holiday now has spiked up to be the best defensive guard. Last year it was Marcus Smart comfortably. I don't really understand how that transition has taken place. But if Drew Holiday is such a, a big defensive factor, which, by the way, I believe he is. I think it's one of the big question marks in the Bucks. Were you surprised by this question? Which is the best defensive team in the NBA? The Celtics, 47%, number one. I think that's totally fine. But the Bucs were third at 13%. That is yeah. interesting to me. And I wonder if this is just the amount of respect GMs have for Giannis, number one, and Brooke Lopez and what he's done over the last few years. How did you view the whole variety of questions around the defense? Um, I thought I thought it was somewhat surprising that Giannis was overwhelmingly the top choice just because we've seen an influx of individual – in talented individual defenders kind of spike through the last couple of years. And it's not to take away from Giannis's defense, but I, I think there's still 
pieces that need some work at times. And, um, and we've seen guys like Jaron Jackson Jr., same questions with him, but there, there just seems to be some more guys, especially out there on the forward spot, that have really burst onto the scene defensively the last couple of years. So that, to me, was the biggest surprise of Giannis overwhelmingly there, and, and none of these other guys were taking away some of that vote. But to see the Bucks up their third, yeah, I, I agree that that really jumped out to me uh, because once they made the deal to, to send Drew Holiday away and bring in Dame Lillard, my, I guess, feeling all along was this defense is, is probably not going to be elite now that you don't have Drew there. So as long as you don't slide out of the bottom half defensively, like if, if you can be around 10, 12, somewhere like there defensively, I would consider that a success. And seeing the Bucks uh, with the third most votes certainly surprised me, but I, I think it kind of it, it, it speaks to, well, we gave Giannis so many votes as the best defensive player, yeah. and they got Brooke Lopez, too, who can take away everything around the rim. So, all right, let's, let's just throw the Bucks some love here. Yeah, I think that's interesting because, I, I, because it is such a small sample as well. I don't think it's it, – it's, it's obviously the answers are going to be all over the place. But I'm with you. I, I look at the Bucks this year defensively. I think particularly early in the season, we're going to see some variance in in what they produce. I, I think we saw over even the first two preseason games, again, not your elite personnel, so it don't read too much into it. But we did see a little bit of the pressure that Adrian Griffin's been talking about. I think we also saw a lot of Brook Lopez defending the way that he's defended in the past. I think that makes sense. You want to maximize this guy as one of the best rim protectors and you don't want to open the back door fully for teams to just like uh, dominate you in the, in the paint, uh, which hasn't been a feature over the last few years. So I think that the Bucks are going to have to find the balance. Um, but maybe some of the guys we've mentioned, like Bochamp, like Andre Jackson Jr., maybe they can be disruptive. We've seen Malik Beasley, who I don't think one-on-one is going to blow anyone away with his defense, but maybe he can be disruptive and maybe the Bucs can create offense out of those live turnover situations. But I think it's going to be a work in progress. But I think if we get to the end of the regular season and the Bucs have a top 10 defensive efficiency, uh, maybe I'll be a little surprised, but... I dare say the Bucs are going to win a hell of a lot of basketball games in the regular season if that's the case. If they're top 10, yeah. I mean, they're if they finish in the top 10 defensively, I, I think they are – like there's a very good chance they're going to have the best record in basketball because I think we both agree offensively, I feel like they're going to be top three, if not the best offensive – have the best offensive rating in the league with everything that they're going to be able to throw out there. And especially the nights when you're healthy and you have, you know, Chris is your third or fourth option. And Brooke is the other one there. Like you're going to have scoring and, and Bobby Portis off the bench as a score Malik Beasley, what we've talked about that he's able to do. So the offense is going to be elite. And if that defense is top 10, uh, yeah, I think there's a very, very good chance they have the best record in basketball. And, you know, We've seen so many times now, or a handful, I should say, in the past, that for the longest time it was so much of an emphasis was put on defense. And for the most part, it's still, you got to be around the top 10. There's been a couple of teams recently that have slid outside of it, but like you're not going to be a competitive team in the postseason if your defensive rating is 19th or 
close to the bottom 10 there. So to me, that's why the numbers I threw out there were ideally 10th. That'd be great. But if the Bucks are like 12th or 13th in defensive efficiency, I think that'll be fine given the absence of Drew Holiday and everything else you have. I think that'll be good enough for this offense. Well, predicting relative health, you think, you know, worst case, top five, you would hope, you know, from the offense. And, and maybe they'll get off to a slow start. We'll see what happens with this team. But just quickly, last one on the offense, and I'm only bringing this up, not even really for a discussion. I was just surprised to see it because we've never really had this before, as we've discussed multiple times, what Lillard brings to the table if you're the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, which player would you want taking a shot with the game on the line? Steph Curry, number one, that's fine. Kevin Durant, number two, that's fine. Damian Lillard, number three at 17%. And you talk about why you're optimistic about the Bucks' offense, it's because in the fourth quarter, if you're in a close game, clutch situations, You've got a guy that is proven to be able to hit big shots and not worry about the moment, not worry about the defense. He can just get it off, uh, the shot off wherever he needs it. And, uh, yeah, I don't even know if there's much discussion, but just to see a Bucks player there in one of the one of the guys that teams would fear taking the shot, it's exciting. I'm a little surprised, actually, that Damian Lillard wasn't second and wasn't in front of Kevin Durant there. I think part of it is the overall package, the position and the size for Kevin Durant of, you know, he can get off the shot against anybody. You can't block Kevin Durant, save for what, the one or two times we saw Giannis do it. Um, So I think that's a big part of it. But yeah, like to to see for years and years that we talked about, well, you got Giannis, but other than that, man, it'd be great to just, you know, find some more shot makers and creators around him in the half court. Now you have one of the best that's out there. Um, and kind of tying into the the thing I would pose to you for this the GM survey and the types of questions that that they were given. So if I told you one player on the Bucks roster wins the MVP this season, who would you go with? Yeah, Giannis easily without I almost, hesitation. I almost feel like Dame has a better chance that I like Giannis has not played with an offensive player like Damian Lillard, and you've heard some outsiders pose the question too of, well, is he going to be able to to adjust and concede some of that to to Damian Lillard offensively? We've seen Giannis do that with guys like Chris in the past, that I don't think that's a question. And, I, I mean, Damian Lillard is going to have an opportunity to really, really enhance his profile when you think about the the moments that he had in Portland. If you're doing that for a team that may have the best record in the league, playing alongside Giannis and the just the novelty of being new that he's the new addition in Milwaukee and now Milwaukee is doing this he and Giannis are both playing well I mean in the end they're gonna you would think take away if that happens MVP votes from each other but I almost feel like Damian Lillard has a better chance and he has a chance to really make even more of an impact than he has before yeah, a couple of reasons. I mean, firstly, if you just talk about the voters and we talk about the voters a lot, like I, I think it's going to be impossible for someone to look at Milwaukee, assuming they both play, you know, the 65 plus games and they have incredible numbers, which we think they're going to have. I think it's going to be impossible for the voters to look and not still see Giannis as the MVP of this team. I still think he's the best player on this team. And I also just think that you know, playing with Damian Lillard, the idea is that life should be a little bit easier for Giannis. So maybe the numbers are still the same but the efficiency is greater. Maybe it allows him to do more defensively. And because of the two-way aspect as well, I, I would find it hard to believe unless, you know, knock on wood doesn't happen, but some of the things we know 
can happen. As long as that doesn't happen, if they're both healthy, I, I would find it very hard to believe that Lillard could win an MVP over Giannis. Yeah, as long as you take the two-way into account, because that was the other part of my thinking is yeah, I do think, and, and we've kind of addressed this before too, the absence of Drew means now that you have Dame that can shoulder a lot more, you, you're probably going to have to ask more of Giannis defensively, which in turn would open the door for Damian Lillard to shoulder even more of that offense. Uh, it's Hey, we're having a conversation about two potential MVPs on the same Bucks team. We've never had to have that conversation before, so that in itself uh, continues to be a novelty and a fun show today because we think we're only a few days away from hopefully those two guys uh, playing against the Lakers. So let us know what you thought about today's show. What are you looking for from Giannis and Dame against the Lakers? The question on youth. How should the coaches manage it this year, keeping in mind there's plenty of veterans on the roster? And the GM survey, any takeaways from that? Let us know. We'll have another podcast tomorrow, of course. Uh, more content to run through. Still ironing out the details on that one. But if you're subscribed and you have the notifications on, uh, you'll know as soon as the show drops. But for now, for myself, for Justin, we'll leave it there. Speak to you all tomorrow.